0: It's time for DEMA Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. DEMA Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, DEMA National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Havercamp. Welcome back to another edition of DEMA Live. DEMA Live is a radio show intended to bring the private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. DEMA Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those who serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. For our live show listeners, you can log into the Blog Talk Radio website to submit questions online. You can also text questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number to text your questions to is 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack, president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined today by DJ Havercamp, a private service professional who's based out of the New York area. Today on the show, we're excited to be joined by Katie Carter, yacht charter specialist with Allied Marine. Allied Marine is based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. On today's show, we'll be discussing some of the ins and outs of luxury of luxury yacht chartering. So with that being said, I'd like to go ahead and bring on my co-host, DJ. It's great to be back on the air with you, and uh, as always, how has your week been? All right. Well, I seem to have lost DJ. Here we go, DJ. Do I have you on the uh, on the show now, Matt? You got me. Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Okay, Sorry great, about great. that. Some technical uh, difficulties, no right? That's
1: all right. We're good. I'm doing great, Matt. I wanted to, um, I had a fun thing happen over the weekend. I was, um, it's polo season here in New York, and I was able to go to uh, the polo matches in Greenwich and up in um, Dutchess County over the weekend. It was fun. I um, I was really reflecting on just the, the nature of recreation and and with the polo matches, it's fun to see the, the nature of uh, the socializing that happens at the polo events. And then even in light of our topic today, I just thought it was interesting kind of uh, to be thinking about that with with the nature of how folks who are in a higher net worth category, how they uh, recreate. And so I was just kind of reflecting on that over the weekend.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Were you out on any of the horses swinging the, uh, I I don't know, are they mallets or clubs? What what do they call them? I
1: wasn't able to, I didn't get to ride, but I I was able to talk to several of the riders and, and uh, got to be up close to a lot of the horses. So that was a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. Well, well, speaking of recreational and leisure activities, Uh, For the high net worth individuals, I think that uh, segues extremely well into uh, introducing our guest today. Katie, welcome to DEMA Live.
2: Thank you very much, Madam. I'm really excited to be here.
0: We're excited to have you here. And Katie, as we usually do with our show, we love having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves and their company. So if we can go ahead and begin there and tell us a little bit about you and how you got your start and a little bit about Allied Marines.
2: Sure, I'd love to. I work for a company called Allied Marine. It's 71 years old and was founded by Winthrop Rockefeller in 1945 in Miami. Um, In 2008, we were acquired by an Italian yacht builder called Ferretti, and we became a dealership for their yacht brands, such as Riva, BRN, Itama, Custom Line, Pershing, and Ferretti Yachts. I'm in charge of the yacht charter division which means I charter yachts for my clients all over the world.
0: Excellent. So, um how now how did you uh, how did you get started in the industry?
2: I was a stewardess on yachts. So, I met people who worked at the docks in Charleston where I went to college and I got introduced to the yachting industry that way. I had never even heard of yachts before, and I met girls that worked on the boats, and they showed me around their yachts, and I was very taken with the lifestyle of traveling on these yachts and visiting these exotic places and being fed two meals a day and not having any bills to pay, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting industry, um, so, after college, I worked in non-profits in D.C. for a while, but the ocean was calling me, so I eventually made my way to Florida and became a stewardess and worked on yachts for a number of years.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I think uh, um, we've, we've learned that from a lot of our members that um, have started in the yachting industry that it's definitely a different lifestyle for sure. Um, it's fast-paced, and uh, you get to see a lot of things that you normally wouldn't get the opportunity to see, so I know that it's... a uh, It's definitely something that a lot of people would like to experience, and now you've had the opportunity to do that. So now you're working the flip side, obviously, and uh, you're working uh, uh, on the charter side uh, of yachting. So could you give us a little overview of what is luxury yachting?
2: Sure. Uh, Yacht charter is a very low-commitment way to experience what ownership can be like. It's a good fit for people who don't want the responsibility of full-time ownership or are considering buying, need to see if the family enjoys it, or if they just really like the freedom and privacy a luxury experience in the water can provide. The appeal of Yacht Charter is that it truly is a five-star service experience and can be as customized as the guests choose. There's a full crew on board to cater to the group's needs, And the Yacht Chef cooks specifically to their preferences. I have an extensive form that I send to the guests, and there they can detail what their preferences are for meals, be it gluten-free or Atkins diet, or if anyone has any allergies, write down the preferences on cuts of meat and vintages of wine. We aim to please, and we want to hit a home run with meals every time.
0: All right, cool. Now wait a minute here, We're, yeah. real, real, real quick, Katie. So, so those are those are some of the things that that, that you guys do, and, and and that kind of explains the the yacht chartering world. But what are some of the things that you think attract people to the yacht chartering world?
2: I think a lot, a lot of people enjoy the freedom, especially high network individuals who are accustomed to having whatever they want, whenever they want. So. You know, on a yacht charter, if the guests are bored of this beach, they can ask the captain to pull the anchor and go to the next. If they want to eat at a particular Michelin-starred restaurant, we'll make the reservations on their behalf and arrange a sprinter van to pick everybody up. If they're car fanatics, we can arrange for a private tour of the Ferrari factory or whatever. We're happy to arrange everything behind the scenes and execute it so nobody has to worry about details or arrangements if they want a private tour of Pompeii with an English speaking guide or have a reggae band come aboard to play during dinner, these are all pretty common and standard procedure for us. Things that I've are, are, done and organized on behalf of guests.
0: That's crazy. So you've actually had, you know, the the experience of, of having to bring a reggae band on, on board of a yacht and, uh, and, and make that fulfill that request. What's what's some other what's some of the other uh, crazy things that you've done um, for for your uh, your your yacht chartering clients?
2: Yeah, locating a reggae band is actually pretty easy <laughs> as long as they're <laughs> in the Caribbean. Maybe not so right. easy off the coast of Italy, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, this week I ordered adult Chihuahua dog kibbles here in the U.S. to be sent to Corsica to accommodate a guest who is bringing her mature chihuahua on the yacht. <laughs> uh, you know, we just get creative and figure it out. We can fly in pizza from Brooklyn to St. Bart, or I've, you know, taken one girlfriend's clothes out of the co- closet because girlfriend number two is arriving the next day. You know, whatever <laughs> whatever needs to happen, we we just make it happen
0: not not that you've ever had to do that right those are just examples of what you could do if it ever did happen right <laughs> exactly
2: Possi- possibility so so what are
0: you, what do you think i mean why why are um the high net worth individuals why did they like why did they take out a yacht versus just going on a regular cruise ship
2: well yeah the the cruise ship experience you know you're really limited to the ports that are being visited they have a set schedule. There's a lot of other people there. When you have a yacht, you bring your people, and that's it. You don't have you're not subjected to the general public. Um, and also i I create the itinerary with the with the guests. We send the boat wherever they want. Yeah, the Yachtside charter for clients are owned by an individual or a family, and their yacht reflects their taste, just like a kind of family's country home or mountain home. So you'd find silk carpets, designer linens, fine art by famous artists you'd see in someone's private home. Um, I was on a yacht once that had a Van Gogh above the toilet in one of the heads. So everybody's yacht is very particular to their taste. It's, It's such a customized experience. It's really not comparable to a cruise ship at all.
0: Okay, cool. And then, plus, I'm sure it helps keep them away from Pavarotti and anybody, you know, it just helps keep the whole experience a little bit more private, correct?
2: Absolutely. You know, the, one of the best reasons to charter yacht is the privacy. You know, we could possibly have the crew sign NDAs, but it's really common courtesy to not speak about the guests and where they're going. Crew members can be fired for sharing that information, on a moving okay. vessel it's much easier to dodge paparazzi and send the boat to a secluded anchorage or a private island where these people can truly be free to relax and be themselves
0: that's funny and i was just uh i just saw recently uh pictures of uh, i think it was kate hudson with all of her girlfriends and they were on a they were on a private chartered yacht so sometimes even uh even trying to find a private place to uh uh, to port is, is not is not always guarantees that you can escape the paparazzi, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, you'd really want to choose an itinerary that sends you to secluded places. If you're seeing photos, you know, of, of celebrities, they're probably in port in St. Bart or Amalfi Coast, and they're in the places where, you know, the paparazzi are. If you're on anchor in a secluded anchorage, you can usually avoid some boat coming over taking pictures of you, you know? (laughs) So there's ways to to avoid it. But I think a lot of the time celebrities want to stay in the press and want to stay visible. So, you know, they they get themselves on boats in visible places. So, you know, we can can make whatever they want happen.
0: Okay, cool. So speaking of making anything that they want to happen, happen, um, obviously one of the big concerns that I think uh, any – um, any principal uh, high net worth individual is always considered uh, is always considering is you know just like uh, private jets, right? Is what's the difference between ownership and chartering, and what are the benefits for each side?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, probably similar to a jet. It's just really the the freedom, and you know, also the if you have a, a crew that's accustomed to a particular family coming aboard, they're going to know exactly what you want. But um, some, some owners choose to purchase yachts and use them privately and not charter them out to other people. And then there are owners that choose to offset the cost of ownership by offering their yacht for charter. So each charter yacht comes with its own crew, including captain, a chef or two, stewardesses to do the meal service and housekeeping, Deck crew to maintain the exterior, run the water toys and tenders. Ownership versus chartering is a decision that has more to do with the client's phase of life. For example, the client may be in a phase of life where they don't want the responsibility of a crew and the yacht and all the decision ma- making that goes with ownership. They just want to show up at a charter yacht with their bags, enjoy a week on board, then say Arrivederci to the crew. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> Alternatively, ownership would benefit someone who has very specific ideas on what they want to accomplish. For example, you know, going around the world to small and exotic ports not usually visited by charter yachts, or maybe they're a diving fanatic and want a base for all their gear to hit the best dive spots, or grandma needs wheelchair access, or any number of very specific needs that would be best met by the freedom of designing your own vessel. Now that being said, I can organize charter yachts to exotic locales or plan diving excursions with a dive butler. And there are plenty of yachts with elevators and wheelchair access.
0: Hey DJ, we can we can get you involved in that, right? You can become a dive butler, what do you think? Yeah, dive butler.
1: That's got some appeal to me. I ah, Maybe we could play uh maybe play underwater polo or something maybe or something. <laughs> Um, Katie, I'd like to know a little bit about some of the the amenities and the luxuries that are on these high end yachts. Can you tell us about some of the some of the kind of amenities that you guys are that are provided on on yachts?
2: Absolutely, the sky really is the limit. <clears throat> Common amenities would include smaller boats called tenders that are stored on the deck of the yacht with a crane, or larger tenders that either go into a garage or are towed behind the mothership. There are all sorts of tenders, from classic, beautiful, wooden, hinkly picnic boats to extremely high-speed tenders to deep-sea sport fishing boats rigged with every type of fishing gear imaginable. Common water toys stored on board are wave runners, paddle boards, kayaks, snorkeling gear, water trampolines, sea bobs, which sound like Wall Street traders but are actually handheld scooters that pull you around underwater, Wakeboards, water skis, tobo tubes, um, bowl bananas for everyone to ride on, which is hilarious. Um, so, Larger vessels.
1: So Katie, Kim, well, I just want to ask. Did, uh, that seems like it would take a lot of space. And as I was doing uh, doing my prep for the interview with you today, I was reading that uh, yachts are kind of classified by size, uh, like mega yachts and super yachts, and now giga yachts. Could you tell us a little bit about those different sizes?
2: Sure. I would consider a yacht starting at about eighty feet. Before that you just have a boat. Sorry. Okay. Eighty feet and above. Okay. <laughs>
1: Good to know. So Good to I know. Would...
0: <laughs> that means DJ, you just have a boat, okay? I, I yeah, Sorry, I hear DJ. I thought I had a yacht all these
1: all these days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well the bigger the boat is to get, the you know, the more classifications they have. So I would say eighty two probably 100 feet is a yacht, 100 to 150 would be a mega yacht, over 150 feet would be a super yacht, and then the crazy large yachts like, you know, octopus and the really giant ones owned by certain Russian billionaires would be considered a giga yacht. So we have to keep coming up with these new classifications because they keep coming up with bigger and bigger boats. Yeah.
1: And so that affects the amenities that can be on board, I'm sure, because the size of all of the stuff that you need to put on would certainly have an impact, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's even a few uh, charter boats with a submarine inside or a helicopter that you can land on the deck.
0: Right. The larger the
2: vessel, the more storage that's available. You know, the bigger boats can, they have space to carry a water slide, which is inflated and can go from the top deck all the way to the water. I have yet to to do one of those, but I really want to. I really want to check that out. Um, there are inflatable rock climbing walls, segways, bicycles, windsurfers, small sailboats. I mean, these boats really have it all. They all want to stay competitive, you know. A new hmm. and popular toy is the flyboard which looks like a wakeboard strapped to your feet that ejects water from under the board and the force of the water pushes you up into the air and you can dive down like a dolphin or do tricks. And listen, if I can do it, you, anyone can do it. <laughs> it's actually yeah. easier than I thought.
0: That's cool. Let me ask you you're be about... H- h- hold on yeah. one second, DJ. Katie, you're going to be demonstrating that at the convention this year, right? <laughs> Well,
2: my, my uh, center of gravity is slightly off because I will be six months pregnant at that time, so I don't think that, that that's going to be a good idea.
1: <laughs> Katie, I was curious to know, just real quick, I know one of the things that we're always concerned about is uh, access with computers, and I was just curious to know how it works with the yachts as far as being out in the ocean, being able to have connection via the Internet, or how how is that attended to on the yachts?
2: Yeah, you know, satellite uh, TV and Wi-Fi is pretty much standard these days. It can vary by the boat, and it can vary by the location. If you've got a pretty intense cloud cover, you may or may not get satellite TV in every location. Uh, You might be in the Caribbean and get Puerto Rican direct TV, which, hey, you know, (laughs) Spanish is fun sometimes. And with the Wi-Fi, the bigger the boat, the, the more, you know, the better the Wi-Fi will be. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: yachts under 100 feet might have a router that connects to the marina, but every boat offers something, and that would be certainly a question I would ask. I certainly can't live without Wi-Fi, and I wouldn't expect anybody else to. That being said, sometimes guests are happy if there's no Wi-Fi. They don't want their kids on all the, all the devices. They want them to enjoy the boat. So, you know, that's there right. if, they, if they want it.
1: Okay. So, so if, if I have my principal and uh, they've uh, charged me, I'm working for a principal and they've charged me with helping them to line up a charter, how, how would the process work? How, how would I go about doing and making the arrangements for that?
2: Yep, it's very easy. You just have them uh, get in touch with me and give me as many details as possible. I need to know who, what, when, where, and why. Are they celebrating an anniversary or a birthday? Where and when do they want to cruise? Will there be any children in a group? Um, If they're not quite clear on all those details, I'm more than happy to chat and get to know what they're looking for. You know, I just ask certain questions, and since I know what's possible, I can guide them into the experience they're looking for and away from something that wouldn't suit their needs. For example, if they want to go to the Caribbean and are looking for activities such as fine dining, shopping, spas, golf, nightlife, I would steer them towards the more chic French Caribbean islands of St. Martin and St. Bart, as opposed to the more natural and relaxed cruising in the Virgin Islands. And there are other considerations, too. For example, if they're arriving via a private plane, you might be limited to which FBO can accommodate the plane. So it's just best to figure out what what they want and what the limitations are on the possible trip. And then after that conversation, I will present to the client via email an appropriate selection of yachts with pricing, specifications, and pictures, and let them choose the yacht that they want. Once we get get clear on which yachts they, they like, I will negotiate the pricing and present an offer to the owner of the yacht. Once that offer is accepted, I drop a contract, and then the contract is signed by the charterer, the owner, and myself. And then once we have that fully executed, the charterer sends a deposit wire to me, and we have a deal. Yachts are not considered reserved until I have a fully executed contract and deposit in place. So, once we have that nailed down, I have the guests fill out my guest preferences sheet, which I mentioned before that talks about you know what they want to eat on the boat and do and see and any, any, any health issues we should know about. And then the crew can provision the boat the, the guests' particular preferences. And We can then talk about an itinerary so the captain can make dockage arrangements. And I started handling all the details, like who flies into what airport on what day and all the minute details. We will have a crew member or two or three meet the charterer at the airport and escort the guests and our luggage to the yacht. So, you know, they're taking care of every step of the way. No one has to, you know, show up and be confused. Um, prior to the trip, I create an informational booklet with the proposed itinerary, photos of the boats, a list of the yacht's amenities, a crew profile, articles in the destinations they're visiting, other interesting materials, and then I mail that to all guests prior to the trip so they know what they're, um, they're about to enjoy.
0: Katie, that sounds like a lot of planning and preparation uh, on, your, on your part um, obviously working with so many private service professionals and even people that have never really, uh, been asked of their principal to, to schedule a charter. Um, what is, what is, um, what is your recommendation to, to someone who is going to be scheduling their first charter, um, from a private service standpoint, as far as, you know, a principal comes to them and says, Hey, you know, for example, if I was a private service professional, if DJ came to me and said, Hey, Matt. I'd like to set up a charter to St. Bart's Um, how, what are your suggestions for for keeping track of everything uh, as it pertains to that whole process?
2: Yeah. I mean, for a private service professional to set up a yacht chart, it's really easy because I mean, I have all of the resources necessary, the photos of the boats, the online brochure. I have physical brochures I can mail to, Um, A PA or an estate manager, so, you know, if they just want something to look at or put on a coffee table, um, I would be more than happy to mail that out. As for keeping track of all the minute minute details, uh, I would say I'm the queen of checklists, and that works really well because most charters follow the same general format. I love Dropbox and outlook I create reminders and outlook every step of the way I may be juggling you know 10 charters over the course of a year at any given time so there's so many details and and money is going in different directions so reminders are are wonderful um I love my smartphone and it's never more than arm's reach away from me (laughs) Uh, you know, as long as your calendar, email, and contacts are thinking Outlook and you're scheduling backups, you are pretty much golden. Um, I love Dropbox because they have a smartphone app. So when I'm waiting for a plane or I'm sitting in a meeting, I can send a link to a contract or an itinerary. Um, Dropbox also offers shared folders for multiple users, which is great for teams. I think the harsh truth of any detail-oriented job is that some people have that ability and some people don't. Um, I am definitely that person who has a giant binder that details every change and improvement I've made on my house since I bought it. (laughs) I'm sure it drives my husband crazy, but who knows? I may want to reference that flooring estimate or paint samples from five years ago, and maybe not, but it's there if I need it, and it's in its appropriately labeled section in the binder. (laughs) Some say fastidious, I say organized.
0: I, I like it. I like it. I think uh, I think DJ would probably fall into that same category. I'm, I'm not. I'm not for sure. But yeah. what do you think, DJ? Are you are you more of an yeah. organized guy or? Yeah, I tend to be a big list guy here too. Yeah, man, it's true. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, listen, you know, Katie, you know, in in discussing this, I think a lot of our uh, a lot of our uh, our members and and the people that they that they work for, for or and with. Um, you know they they want to make sure that they have a really uh, fantastic time. They also want to make sure that they go to a, a a wonderful location. So we know now that you uh, you you can help provide lists and, and be very detailed uh, <laughs> with regards to the mm-hmm. to the chartering of the yacht. But um, we'd like to know what are some of the most popular destinations um, that are being chartered for the holidays and. I'm going to ask one more additional question, and you are either probably going to say that's your own secret and you're not going to give it away uh, over the airwaves, or uh, you can let us know what are some of, the, um, what are some of the, the less populated but fantastic locations that might be secret getaways.
2: Well, it uh, depends on what holidays you're talking about. The, you know, there are the winter holidays. If you're a European, you've got the summer holidays. Uh, evidently, people in Europe have the entire month of August off, which sounds amazing. <laughs> but the majority of charter yachts follow the season. So the Caribbean season is our winter, so November until about April. Then the yachts will either go north, to New England or more commonly to the Mediterranean, and they'll charter out of popular areas in Italy, France, Spain, Greece, Croatia, etc. There are charter yachts in more exotic locations like the Seychelles, the Maldives, Tahiti, Alaska, the Baltic, the Galapagos, and Southeast Asia. It just depends on the time of year. The Bahamas are a pretty safe bet any time of the year, which is nice because. Floridians consider it our backyard, which is really close to us. You know, uh, people charter over all sorts of holidays, you know, Easter, Thanksgiving, kids are out of school, Christmas, New Year's, spring break. So there are holiday opportunities to charter over the entire course of the year. Most popular would be the St. Martin, St. Bart area in the winter, or even the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and then in the summer, the most popular areas are definitely the Italian or French Riviera areas. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, uh, Katie. Well, so basically, ahead, hey, hey, hold on, hold on one second, DJ. So, so basically, Katie, uh, if you, if you, if anyone's listening uh, and they realize Katie didn't give you any secrets to the uh, secret getaway areas, so we're gonna mm-hmm. keep uh, working on that, Katie, and we're gonna make sure that um, by the end of the show, you're going to give us one secret location uh, that that people may not know of, but you know personally is a fantastic location. Uh, So we're going to keep uh, uh, poking at you for that. Um, Right now, what I'd like to do, though, is I'd like to take care of a little bit of cleanup here. Um, And that's um, that's, – we would like to talk a little bit about uh, this year's national convention. Um, We'll be having several – um, several suppliers and vendors, and presentations related to uh, security concerns. And Katie, I know that you're planning on attending the national convention in Scottsdale, and you'll be participating in the in the vendor uh, exhibit area. So we look forward to seeing you there. Um, this is our fifth national convention, and it's only five weeks away. I can't believe uh, that that we uh, that we're at that point, but it's true. Early bird registration ended June 30th, but you can still register. Please note, um, we have several agencies that are out there. If you contact the agency and let them know that you'd like a discount from the agency uh, to attend this year's convention, they have a, a passcode that you can put in there to give you a $100 discount, uh, and you'll still be able to receive that early bird registration uh, fee. So <clears throat> with that being said, we have a great lineup of speakers and networking activities planned for this year's national convention. And based on early registrations, it looks like we're going to have an off the uh, off the charts record attendance so we're really excited about that the dates of convention are going to be at the 26th to the 28th and the convention this year is going to be held in scottsdale arizona you can get more info about how to register and who will be there presenting at dima convention website which is demaconvention.com. and we're definitely looking forward to having everyone there so um so hurry up and uh, i guess go ahead and register right dj
1: yeah, it's time. Five weeks is flying by. The summer is coming fast. Let's uh, let's carry on with Katie, though. I wanted to ask Katie, one of the big things that we always are really concerned about in private service is um, the security issues that we have to deal with with our principals. And I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts that might be helpful for us with regard to security. And if you're taking a charter, how do you handle like a, a medical emergency or uh, any of those kinds of issues? What, what would we need to be thinking about with that regard?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, crew are ba- are trained with basic life-saving skills. And the more senior crew, like the captain and the first mate, they will actually have even more extensive medical training. Um, so everybody on board, actually there's a minimum of training called the standards of training and certification for watch keepers. Every crew member on a charter yacht will have that certification, and um, that's a training in CPR and fire safety and um, basic on-board emergencies such as man overboard or an allergic reaction. On the yacht, there is a huge bag of medical supplies that gets updated and replaced every couple of months And every crew member knows where it is and how to use everything. Um, When I was a crew member, I took a class to be certified in basic firefighting, which was really cool because I got to put on the real fire suit with the respirator and sit inside a shipping container and watch fire in one corner jump to another. And so you really get some real-life training about the the kinds of emergencies that you could experience on board. Um, Crew constantly run drills when there are no guests aboard. uh, and They know the locations and conditions of all fire extinguishers and the procedures for every kind of emergency. Most crew are required to constantly update their knowledge to keep their various licenses and certifications current. There's always a contingency plan in an emergency and that changes by location. Sometimes you just have to roll with it. A few years ago, a yacht I had chartered was cruising the Bahamas from one island to the next, and three days into their seven-day trip, they hit a submerged cargo shipping container that was hidden just below the surface of the water. Evidently, containers fall off ships all the time, and so they're just sitting there just below the surface of the water. Anyway, the yacht was damaged and couldn't go any faster than three knots, So the seven-day trip was pretty much ruined as the whole idea is to go island hopping. The crew notified me right away, and I was able to locate another charter yacht that could take the guests. Within six hours, I had transferred funds to the new boat, negotiated that the charterer be refunded 100% of the charter fee for his trouble, had a new yacht motor over from four hours away to join the disabled boat, had the crew pack up the guests' belongings, And all the food they had provisioned for the week, the new yacht pulled up alongside an open water. We transferred the guests, luggage, and food. And they went on their merry way and completed their trip with a minor interruption. And they were so happy with their experience that they ended up buying a yacht from us a month later. And (laughs) I don't think they would have done that if they had been stranded for five days on a disabled yacht.
0: that's That's a great story. Yeah, that's a great story, because now I know where my uh, I know where my Jeep is that I had uh, ported back from Hawaii (laughs) to L.A. when I was in the military. So it's floating in a container in the ocean somewhere, huh?
2: That's right. Actually, if you can get inside those shipping containers, salvage rights mean that you can help yourself to the contents, be it a BMW or 10,000 puppy chew toys. It's all yours. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh,
0: so not only not only is my my jeep no longer floating in the ocean, someone's riding around in it on the coast somewhere, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, awesome. Exactly. Well, thanks Katie, for thanks for letting me know that. Now I now I can stop my search. Um, <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, listen, one of one of the goals, Katie, is um, with with what we're doing here on the radio shows, is um, we're trying to to get a, a, and encourage uh, higher professional standards in the private service industry. And here on DEMA Live, we've always we, we've been asking all of our guests recently to share with us their thoughts on professionalism and what it means to be a professional. And, and obviously, you've told several great stories so far here on the show. And we'd just like to get um, get your perception on on your attitude as it pertains to your industry with uh, with regards to professionalism.
2: Absolutely, I don't believe it's ever okay to over promise and under deliver I don't commit to or offer anything I can't promise such as perfect weather every single day (laughs) only the uh, the big guy upstairs can deliver that one and I always make good on what I do promise I take personal integrity and accountability very seriously and I double and triple check details to the point of annoying the people that work for me (laughs) I believe ultimately Responsible for every detail, and as such, I take a lot of pride in executing a charter to the best of my ability. Uh, I think with any job and guest services, the secret to dealing with people is to not take anything personally. People have things going on in their lives, and sometimes they take it out on others, and it's best not to engage. We all have bad days, and everybody deals with it in different ways. Luckily, with my job, People are usually excited to talk about a luxury vacation and the sunshine, and it's a very fun conversation. My job is to pair people, their personalities, and needs to the right charter yacht experience for them. They may think they want one thing, and I know it's not ultimately what they want, and I gently and diplomatically guide them towards what is best. For example, the father that is bringing his teenage son and the son's five guy friends. I need to steer him away from a boat that only has double beds because usually guys will like to share beds with other guys. Or when a family group includes an elderly family member with mobility issues, I know that that person is going to enjoy an on-deck stateroom with access to the salon and the bow and the aft seating area as opposed to a stateroom below deck where they have to go up and down stairs, especially while the yacht's underway and moving around quite a bit. If yeah. the guest party includes a lot of kids, I want to put them on a yacht that has a big selection of water toys and a young, fun crew that can keep the kids busy and occupied and, consequently, the parents happy.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great advice, Katie. What you said there as far as not taking things too personally, I think that's a real sign of somebody who's um, – really learn to discipline themselves when working in the private service industry. Having that ability to to separate their personal feelings is a great piece of advice that I think our listeners should all take to heed. One of the things that we're getting, we're getting real close to running to the end of our show, so before we go, I wanted to real quick ask, uh, what kind of trends do you see in the luxury yachting world as far as uh, destinations that are hot right now and, and other things that you might be seeing coming down the road? Just as quickly as you can.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, in the past couple of years, Montenegro has opened up quite a bit with improvements on marinas, and also they don't charge a VAT, which is highly unusual in European waters. Cuba opened up recently to Americans, so now we can send boats from Florida to the, the for, to Cuba directly, which is pretty cool. Um you know, boats just get bigger and bigger, <laughs> and competition for crew jobs becomes more and more um, difficult. And, um, yeah, it's always, it's always changing, you know, and they're always changing the laws, too, the laws concerning VAT. Spain recently revised a law that prevented foreign flag vessels from chartering in their waters. So now the, op- the market has opened up, a lot more variety and charter yachts there because um, from other other flags of vessels can charter there legally now.
1: That's great, Matt. Matt, maybe there's the answer to your question: Montenegro and Cuba.
2: Yeah. I think I
0: think that's I think I think she just uh, she just accidentally I answered think, the question. I
1: think she just
0: I think she just slipped it out on us there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I I completely agree. I was thinking exactly the same thing. So, hey, Katie, we've got about three minutes left here on the show. Um, I think we would be remiss to not let you uh, give out your contact information. If someone is interested in uh, either purchasing a yacht or if their principals come to them asking them to purchase a yacht or would like to do a charter, um, how would people get in touch with you?
2: Absolutely, and like you said, I will be at the DEMA Annual Convention. Just look for the blonde pregnant lady. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can always reach me on my cell phone, which is one 406 um, Alliedmarine.com would be our company website. Katie.Carter at Alliedmarine.com. Can't uh, forget the, the last name, Carter, like Jimmy not too difficult. And um, yeah, please ask me anything at any time. You know, the yacht, yachting industry is very similar to the private service sector in that, you know, the training that people receive on yachts translates very easily to, you know, working at it on an estate or on a private jet. So if anybody has, you know, kids that are trying to get into private service or the yachting industry, let me know, because there are many ways to do it. You can just give your profile to a crew agency, lots of which are located in Fort Lauderdale. You can get into the industry that way. So, you know, feel free to ask me about Yacht Sales and Charter, but I'm I'm happy to answer any questions related to yachting or anything at any time.
0: Excellent. Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show today, Katie. Um, as always, you're a wealth of knowledge and, um, we're definitely looking forward to having you uh, participate in this, your first uh, uh, DEMA convention. I think that you're going to have a great time if uh, you're there and you want to say hi to Katie and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast uh, radio show. That would be fantastic. So stop by. She'll have a booth. And um, as always, I'd like to thank DJ for being, our, uh, being on the show with me. Uh, he always brings a lot of uh, important uh, perspective from a private service perspective, and I really appreciate that. If you have any questions regarding how you can become more involved in your local chapter of the DEMA DEMA, or if you have a question about the private service industry itself, please feel free to contact us directly at info at domesticmanagers.com. Once again, that is I-N-F-O at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest that you'd like us to interview, please contact us at the same email address. If you can't catch our show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, you can certainly listen to a previous episode. The show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and also iTunes. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when we post our most recent episodes. We're excited. We will be back on air next uh, uh, July the 27th, which is next Wednesday. Um, We are yet to uh, announce who our special uh, surprise guest host or member will be joining us. Um, Until then... I've been your host, Matthew Hack. On behalf of all of my colleagues and staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those who serve others.